0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to another week. We are so grateful that you are here and we are thrilled to introduce you to Lindsay Peterson. She is an entrepreneur, advocator, consultant, producer, and location manager. She is the CEO of Hero Locations and also the founder and CEO of PPCM Fund. And that is what we are going to talk to her about today. She is a mom Wife, as well as a PPCM survivor herself. PPCM is a preventable pregnancy induced heart failure, and the PPCM Fund is a 501c3 nonprofit organization founded by PPCM survivors to spread awareness. Lives are priceless, and awareness saves. The prevention is early diagnosis with the awareness of the NT Pro. BNP test. So their mission is Awareness Day is every day. So we are just grateful that Lindsay came on to share her story of survival and the last five years of building the PPCM fund and really just getting the word out there. So we appreciate you listening and we hope you share it with somebody else that you know. Hope you enjoy.
1: Welcome, Lindsay. Thank you so much for giving me your time and interviewing me today. Of course.
0: Yes. I'm so thrilled to learn more. And so Lindsay, let's just start off and tell us more about you. where did you grow up and kind of how did you get to where you are today?
1: Oh, well, I am a Jersey girl and I was born and raised in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, which is very close to Philadelphia. Born and raised. So I, you know, experienced the whole father- he ran the firm and was the president of the New York Stock Exchange and Philadelphia Stock Exchange. So I'm very much of a stock child. And at even age 15, running a PR marketing department for um, Habitat to Humanity, I've always been a humanitarian and put you know, my time into um, addressing concerns and solving problems. And so as a Jersey girl thank goodness you can take the girl out of Jersey, but you can't take the Jersey out of the girl. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that before. I like I, it. Yeah, I I am a survivor with a voice. And so, That's you awesome. know, I've I definitely have come a long way. And I went to University of Pennsylvania and attended for my master's in the uh, social practice and policy in social work to learn wow. how to pass bills through Congress. And ironically, gosh, this was a long time ago, and I don't want to date myself, but when I <laughs> when I was in college, I had to have an internship and address a concern. And going to pregnancy, I was very young, but I noticed that a a woman on the streets that was giving birth, and I saw that there was a concern for women on the streets. And so I used a sliding scale fee to help them and I coordinated a whole, basically a whole system of long-term care for women in pregnancies. And now going back, now fast-forwarding to my to my current time, it's interesting that my life has always kind of helped women and pregnancies, and that this um, unfortunate wow. but preventable preventable catastrophe happened to me um, wow. out of all women i am a huge advocate for for women and families and children
0: and yeah that's so cool that it kind of came full circle and so once you graduated because i know you're in california now so i'd love to hear just like a little summary of how you got to <laughs> where you are in your career and all of that, because you have a whole career beyond, you know. I do.
1: The- <laughs> I, actually, it's funny. And at my university, Pennsylvania, my my roommate wanted. She got an audition for a soap opera, and so she wanted me to go to California. And I ended up going with her. Um, and my first day, I, you know, when I remember, I went to Red Rock, and I got there was an earthquake. First earthquake and um, oh, wow. we all cheers and this woman she liked my feet she told me to come to set and said literally this is how I got my foot in the door it's Hollywood That's I said I, I said you want me to come to this she says yes and show up at like five a.m. if you don't get the job you'll get paid seventy five dollars if you get the job you get paid like two grand I'm like oh okay so I get up I go the trailers are there I have my feet up and I'm I'm having like my breakfast burrito. And it's me and other women and they're looking at my feet and it turns out out of there was like, you know, women that were fair skin, dark skin, you know, freckled skin. And the director chose my feet. So I was the Giselle Bunchan, the Victoria's Secret uh, foot model double. (laughs) That's awesome. And I was hanging out with the location manager the whole time. And he was working on a TV show cold case for Philadelphia. And he asked me where I was from. While you know they're buffing my, you know, like I'm waiting to have my feet shot because I was her foot double. I went to her. I said, "You're my face double." She didn't. It was really kind of funny, but <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I know uh, it was really a, quite a m- m- moment with Giselle. Such Chet. a cool story, yeah. And, and so he asked me to scout. And I said, what's a scout? And he says, oh, well, it's you find locations for movies and television. And currently I'm working with Emilio Estevez. It's a TV show cold case. And you don't have to know where you're going. If it doesn't look like Philly, then it doesn't work. Well, I'm like, okay. So then I got another job to be a scout. And here I'm making like this money. I'm like working Hollywood. I'm I'm like on a commercial for Giselle that has a Brazilian shoe line aired in Hollywood. Are filmed in Hollywood, aired in Brazil, sure. and I'm scouting for cold case. And then they wanted me to come out. I nailed obviously Philadelphia, and they wanted me to come out and have a be part of the show. So I did. I sold everything. Everything must go on uh, on Route seventy and got in my car and um, came out. And they, I started at Fox it was uh, approximately twenty years ago and I've worked on every top TV show and movie since. I'm currently working on The Bachelorette and a Disney Disney promos and things like that so as, cool. as my career, and it's very fun. Yeah, but, it sounds awesome. Um, I've always been a humanitarian, and I've always cared for others, and when I noticed that You know, as a location manager for my job, and I do own a company, Hero Locations. If you go to hero-locations.com, I built a website. It's great for uh, presentations for producers and things um, to provide locations. But I use the funds and the resources to help the nonprofit for PPCM fund. Um, The reason why I am so grateful to have such a, you know, successful long career in such a, you know, an amazing industry. Yeah. That will be so supportive now that I'm coming out and it's saying exactly what has been happening to women in all over the world. and But most likely the United States of America. We do have one of the highest death rates globally, all due to lack of awareness. And so yeah. this was something that I noticed as... Just who I am as a person coming in full circle back to my roots and how, you know, I I know nonprofits. I I went to school for nonprofits, and now there's a, a real serious problem, but there's a real easy practical solution to this very serious problem. And Definitely. so I've been, you know, what happened to me. Let's back up
0: to so you're working in California and then at what point, obviously you get pregnant and walk us through your background and where you got to, you know, you were going to have a baby and it was probably the most wonderful time. And I know you have a story to tell and I want you to definitely tell it now. So- you know, where this all kind of the birth story of PPCM funds. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Well, my story is very Hollywood and how I met, you know, my husband. It's actually very fitting if you've, if you know people who work in the industry, we work a lot of hours. And so, you know, it's very hard to have relationships in California. So, you know, I always had my mom in my ear, you know, he's just not going to knock on your door, you know, you got to get out there, but I am a workaholic and I was working, on America's Next Top Model, and I knocked on his door. Actually, yeah. um, (laughs) (laughs) I scheduled appointments with him probably Uh in the past on other shows and canceled on him. And I was going to cancel that night when I met him because we were you know we went to all these locations it was a long day he was the last location but the producer that i've known for like over 6 years just left us alone like knew that he liked me and that i liked him and he said "Lindsay, you know, should we film here?" i gave him all the the reasons why we should and we did and we shot there and it was at the Hercules estate and it was really fun and getting to work and knock on you know his door and being able to kind of you know have that relationship with him was really kind of special. I kind yeah, of was unprofessional so cool. that day. I turned off my walkie and you know I was never as unprofessional as I was but we definitely as soon as he opened the door, you know the both of us I think were very smitten. It that's was so cute. Yeah and what's your husband's name? His name is John. Yeah, he's, you know, he's always, he's been like I guess the hero in my story because yeah. he, you know, from the moment I met him, you know, he's always been just so compassionate and and I had these, you know, really nice looking, you know, guys, you know, and You know, I had options, but with (laughs) him, it was, there was something about him that I just, I knew, you know, he, he was definitely the one, you know, when you say that, you know, and he's the one, he's the one. Yeah. And from the moment I I met him, I didn't know that I I needed him. You know, he he asked me out the day before my cat died. My when Aww. I had for like twenty four years, and and he just was he. I had a kitten, and he just like was lying in the tub with my kitten, and like was very loving. He checked off in all the boxes, and then I'm older than him, you know. So I wanted to have children kind of right away. Yeah, It was like, are you okay with that? And he was on board. So we were like, okay, let's do this. (laughs) And then, yeah, we made my son, Liam, out of love. And, you know, we wanted to have that whole joyous experience. Mm -hmm. But instead, we got trapped in a starring in a Twilight Zone, (laughs) you know, in a terrible, horrible experience. And we haven't been able to. You know, and just having the experience where it's common, but everybody that is supposed to say it's normal and it's common and it's not your fault was saying, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what that is. Yeah. How did you get that? So it's like, I came back from the dead. I'm mm-hmm. a healthy girl that had her times of death called due to lack of awareness. So it's been very, how do you say, uh, pushing a boulder up a mountain and never reaching the top because the right people that should be listening are making a point of turning their heads and not listening. And I find that very disturbing, appalling, and there's no excuse. I have to say, you know, with the best insurance, because I'm a teamster and I had the best insurance that money cannot buy. I was in Beverly Hills at Cedars-Sinai, the best hospital with the best doctors, with the best, the best, the best. Well, Mm -hmm. I didn't need the red carpet rolled out for me, and I definitely didn't need the beautiful fish. What I needed was for the hospital and over 20 doctors that I saw to have any awareness of peripartum cardiomyopathy. And that entire hospital, including every gynecologist in the network in the last five years that I've been active, trying to find one office that has any awareness of the preventions of maternal mortality and what they are, and they don't, It's, I have my cardiologist's office has been advocating me for seven months now.
0: Yes. And tell us what it is. And I feel like I'm going to, so peripartum cardiomyopathy, I kind of said that right. I think, what exactly is it? It's, I know it's preventable.
1: Peripartum cardiomyopathy is a pregnancy induced heart failure and any healthy girl, any girl, anyone. Young black Chinese, white Asian, Italian, Jewish, doesn't matter who you are. If you are a girl and you are a woman and you get pregnant, you will get fluid. That fluid can crush your heart. Your heart is perfect until it's caused by the fluid. So you don't have a heart problem. I never had a heart problem. I am like, I used to take dance classes for almost eight hours a day and run Runyon Canyon twice, and I still. <laughs> you know, I'm still like, my heart is perfect. There's nothing wrong with the heart, which is why there's a confusion. Gotcha. The heart is perfect until fluid crushes it, which is why every 88 seconds in the United States of America, a woman dies or has heart failure or codes from heart failure because not because her heart isn't good or bad it's because of the fluid and the blood that's crushing it and there's only one test only one in this entire universe literally that will determine early diagnosis and the preventions not just for heart failure they will say oh that's just for heart failure well guess what there's a few different bnp tests jersey girls got to call out and say that's not true Yes, it is for the heart, the BNP. The most accurate is the NT Pro BNP, but there are different BNPs that will determine cancer, dementia, preeclampsia, proclampsia relapse. You will be tested if you're genetic or not. This is a woman disease. African American women are born with where they have a genetic blood code. So if you're Jewish, you have certain blood codes when you're pregnant, when you're when you're an African-American black woman, you need to have this very specific. It has to be mandatory. It has to be standard. If the prevention is not intrusive and it can save the suffering and possible life threat and deaths of a woman who just gave birth, then why not make this NT pro BNP test mandatory as well as the BPN and as well as the other BNP tests that give full blood panels. Now, we're so quick to vaccine, but people are walking around and they don't know their BNP test number. They don't even know what that number means. And the number is between zero and 99. I mean, you can actually get like your regular BNP if, if it's even below zero. Like this woman who just gave birth, she had a C-section. She was completely swollen. She didn't know what was wrong. There is a correlation between C-section women and PPCM because with infection, with fluid causes infection. Mm -hmm. So that's why there's more women with C-sections that must know their numbers. And if you're over 99 or 300 with a, with a NT pro BNP test with a 300 or with a regular BNP over 99, these are life-saving numbers that can prevent by maybe getting a magnesium drip, removing the fluid, curing the infection. You know, for me, I was never diagnosed I had the graveyard diagnosis with the best insurance, the best doctors. I went over like literally 42 times. I even had my baby's brain checked. I have a whole album of ultrasounds that are incredible because I knew there was something wrong and I, and I had all the symptoms. I even showed signs. Some women never show signs. I had every sign in the book that you can visibly see. Interesting. And sorry to backtrack, but what is BNP? The BNP is a brain peptide. Okay. It will determine not the blood cells, but basically if what the infection is. So, like, let's say if you are, if you were to like, I mean, just even Google the BNP test. Does the BNP test determine cancer? Yes, it does. Even though it's not heart failure, and they say, "Oh, the BMP test is for only heart failure," that's not necessarily true. That's categorizing a very general blood code that can prevent a child, a child cancer, uh, you know, and having to go through chemo and like.
0: Gotcha. So, so just practically, if you're a pregnant woman out there and you want to get a BNP test, currently you would have to ask for it or they don't give the test at all?
1: No, they do not give the test. They do not make it mandatory. They do not educate you on the test. They do not put it anywhere. No big, I won't even drop names, but no big associations will advertise it. Um, You have to ask for it. You have to advocate for yourself and your children and your families and your loved ones. And you, you demand what your number is. And it's something that should be mandatory and standard really for a new baby and new mommy before they leave the hospital together, they should have some sort of record of what their BNP test number is. And, you know, I have my son, he's, I have his BNP test on the refrigerator. He's four, four years old. I like to know what I'm functioning on, what my husband's functioning on and what my, what I'm functioning on. And, you know, it can change, but there are preventions with awareness and this number is more important than a birth date. I mean, to be honest, I mean, if this is the only test, the only test that will determine early diagnosis and most diseases that are fluid are preventable, then why not? You know, I don't understand how this has become the miss. And so when I had my times of death called and I'm a healthy girl, no healthy girl yeah. should have her times of death called. And thank goodness I wasn't in California. I was in Arizona. I don't remember the drive. I don't remember. I asked my, I said, what did I eat? You ate nothing. I don't remember anything. Cause she slept the whole time. I was with my baby in the bed and Everybody left the house except for my husband. We were having like a family Thanksgiving. And I don't remember this. I already blacked out at probably a week, which I was already ascending. Like my soul being and my soul spirit were already merged. Like it was like a whole experience. Do you remember that? Yeah, my whole near death experience is very visible because I was I think I had time to evolve. I was pronounced dead over 30 minutes each cardiac arrest. I remember over my body. I remember it was one t- tag away from my toe like where I shouldn't have been. No woman should have been left untreated and undiagnosed and left to die. So when they removed the fluid, they they froze me like a Popsicle for quite some time. I was in a hypothermia coma. And normally when you're pronounced dead, and I have an actual medical letter that states this from... Dr. Kara Watson, my cardiologist, in my records, that once you are pronounced dead for over like like even like let's say five or ten minutes, you're like considered brain dead. You're you have to relearn to walk, talk, all of that. Um, uh-huh. My husband did know to put me on the floor, take me off the bed with the baby, and give me CPR on the hard floor. And I think he stored enough oxygen, but. I believe that where I was on that healing dimension realm, that which is why the ground was so bright, I was he, I, I went to a healing dimension. And um, if you know, wow. you were to see me, like I'm, I look like I, I can look, you know, like me, you know, and like all like nice and everything, but like I cover, you know, my left arm and my left chest because I was used as like a lab rat, lack of awareness of a peripartic cardiomyopathy at last minute, not even just last minute, I'm sorry, I have to call it is all women that experienced this. Mm-hmm. The hospital legally cannot, le- cannot release you without shoving something into your heart. And they shoved a defibrillator three sizes too big into my chest and my heart, my perfect, beautiful heart. And what they did was they say it's, uh, oh, that's a cosmetic surgeon. No, it's not. When you go inside a woman and you implant a defibrillator inside of a woman, that's internal medicine. And there is a prevention for scar tissue, but there's no cure. Scar tissue is the leading cause of death. And they implant defibrillators and, you know, they, they cut you in surgery, but there's a certain film. That if they were to use, it would not have any scar tissue. Well, the medical professionals say that they're not cosmetic. That's not cosmetic when you have heart surgery and you have a wire going through your heart. That's internal. And there's a way to prevent scar tissue in your heart and in your veins. And they just didn't do that. And they also never patch tested me. I was allergic to 11 components of those devices of the nickel, titanium, metals, Other girls are also allergic to them. Um, They really need to do patch testing. So when I went back to the person that saved my life, I said, you know, you saved my life, but do you have any prevention? Do you know the prevention for scar tissue damage, which scar tissue is the leading cause of death for a person, but there's also a prevention. Oh, I've never heard of the prevention. Oh, and what about patch testing? I don't know about patch testing. Oh, what about PPCM to a... um, to a birthing professional. I don't know about maternal mortality, um, preventions. I mean, it's like these medical professionals don't know. They only know what they know and they don't know what they don't know. And what they don't know is very, very important for a family and for a young girl. And like, you know, like our, I don't have a daughter, but even for my son, you know, who marries, like, let's say she, she has it. I mean, you know, the issue is, is that this is extremely common for any girl to get fluid around the heart fluid in her body. When you're pregnant, it's just normal. It's natural. Our bodies are made up of fluid. So it's like, okay, what's going to be your fluid disease? Is it going to be cancer or is it going to be heart failure? Or is it going to be dementia? Now, nobody gets out of this world without having that, but there are preventions with the BNP test awareness and the number. So I, I question Why this has been not educated, why the head of the ACOG, it should be up there. Like on if you go to PPCMfund.com, first thing that is indicates is request your NT pro BNP test. You know, it's not just for heart failure. Yes, it is, but in the end, it's like the ear, nose, and throat doctor. Well, guess what? It's heart, it's dementia, cancer, heart failure, because if you're a cancer patient, you don't die of cancer. You die of heart failure. If you have dementia or Alzheimer's, you don't die of dementia or Alzheimer's. You die of heart failure. And heart failure, mm-hmm. you die of heart failure. I had three cardiac arrests. How is it that, that girls and women as early as 18 years old are still dying? Like it's the 1400, which they used to call child fever, which is now called in 2021, PPCM peripartum cardiomyopathy and there's a prevention why are we still dying like it's the 1400s and why isn't there any medical Zoom meetings or anything or anybody wanting to talk to me about this in the medical professional industry And they all use this term. I'll circle back I'll circle back. Well, What does that mean? and I speak for all women when i'm talking right now I'm not talking for myself I'm talking for you, your sisters, your your children, your children's children, the world. It's almost as if like I came back from the dead, from maternal mortality to say it is medically proven that no woman ever needs to suffer and die from PPC and peripartum cardiomyopathy. And that is 100% you can fully recover if you are properly treated and cared for. Now for me, my time is done. I suffered, I died, I came back with a price. The way I coded was just the most suffering. But once you code and once I went there- Sorry, what does that mean when you say you coded? Coding means like, okay, there's a difference between heart failure and cardiac arrest. Okay, Okay? women who are pregnant- they have heart failure. Most women have heart failure at least a few times, you know, a year. You do too. You don't even know it unless you get your, unless you get your echo, which you should, everybody should always get their, it should be mandatory to have their EKG and insurance should not rack it up to $2,000 because every woman should have it and every man, but, and boy, but anyway, the coding is when you are pronounced dead. Okay. Sorry. I didn't know that term. Go they on. don't like to say dead because legally i'm not i'm here but mm-hmm. my heart completely stopped in cardiac arrest for over 30 minutes each death and i was in a hyperthermia coma it took them wow. days with heating blankets just to thaw me out and wow when i woke up i had no pain my my kidneys were failing. I like before my death. I mean, I had a hundred and five temperature. The I was swollen. My feet were swollen. You know all the symptoms throughout my pregnancy. I can talk about. But when I did go to the hospital on November, let's say the timeline is 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 that I gave birth August eighteenth, twenty sixteen. Now. Peripartum cardiomyopathy does not peak until after a woman gives birth. So the, usually the mother always gives the birth, but then she always dies or she lives and suffers, you know. But mm. it doesn't peak, so there's still time to save the woman. So so after I gave birth to my son, awful pregnancy. Like I wanted to be the girl that came out of like my dance class, like pregnant, or maybe even give birth yeah. on my dance on the dance floor. But I ended up literally do not remember as if I blacked out for the three months of even knowing my baby, holding my baby. I would like, I would say to my husband, like, I don't remember this, you know? So I would have, you know, photos and I physically was there, but I have no memory of it whatsoever because I just was dying. The entire, I was literally yeah. dying. Yeah. And then on November 16th, twenty. 20- 16 i went to the hospital they sent me home they came they said that my white blood cells were very high they said a urinary tract infection when in fact my kidneys were failing they gave me a shot they gave me an iv when i was full of fluid which was completely wrong they said every every uh, diagnosis that they said before i was dying was anything but related to pregnancy me my organs were, you know, what was really happening. And they got all the testings wrong, like literally at, at Cedar sinai So when I ended up in Arizona for Thanksgiving, which again, it was a blackout, I finally coded because they induced my cardiac arrest by giving me fluid when I was already full of fluid. And mm, they, got and so they, when they induced it, I, I ended up at in Arizona, and I I woke up, and it was like as if the other side, like, bippity-boppity-booed me. I had over 50 pounds of fluid drained for me. My my OB joke told me I was fat. I was overweight. I wasn't overweight, stupid bitch. I was full of fluid. <laughs> she told me I needed ice. I, I could sit in an ice bath for, like, six months. I It was the wrong kind of swelling. swelling. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't swollen. Well, that's
0: good to know. Like, I feel like it's, and I love that you're getting the word out there because I was so swollen after my first and I ended up fine. But it's like, that doesn't mean that's the same for everybody.
1: Well, no, because that fluid sits dormant and then causes cancer later. I mean, I'm a cancer survivor. Because, thank gosh, I had the BNP test regularly, especially after the defibrillator removal on Valentine's Day. I literally welcomed the cardiologist into my heart, Dr. Carol Watson, and my electrophysiologist because they put a deadly defibrillator inside of me and because they played me like a, I was like, uh, you know, there's such lack of awareness. And when they, you know, when she pulled the wire out of me, she says, my heart was pumping red. But like, when she went in, it was like, my heart was blue, black. I was dying. I like, this was 18 months after I had my cardiac arrest after giving birth to my son. And this is what I had to go through. My emails, messages, 911, I'm dying. Nobody, would touch me. Even the person who implanted the defibrillator would not take it out because they all considered me a liability. And when I found, I was actually working on some, like I don't know, Kim Kardashian thing. They need a location. And I called the right person and and, and she said, oh, how's your pregnancy? And I, I told her what happened to me. And she says, oh, my best friend is the head of Women's Heart and the Barbara Sands Women's Heart Association program fund at UCLA. You tell her right now to call you and Literally two days later, I was in surgery and uh, this cardiologist, she has been, um, I mean, like she never left my side. She told me I was right. I was dying again. Nobody was listening to me and like, now I'm a healthy girl again. But it's like, you know, this was all, this was all from a pregnancy and yeah, I have support with my vascular doctors, my cardiologist team, everything, but I've yet. To still find one gynecologist and I yet to still have even had a pap smear and it all started, you know, there's always with cause, there's an effect, you know, Uh my veins are affected because of gynecology. My heart was affected because of gynecology. Well, where is gynecology? One can step up and I've been so patient because it's not like it's been like two months or three months. It's been five years. Great insurance. I'm not doing anything. I don't even, I work with my TV shows. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I have the luxury now of, you know, I work from home and I can, you know, pop on set. I'm, I'm more of a producer and it's like, you know, there's nothing that's holding me back except for the awareness and the respect for women and maternal mortality. Because when I'm standing in front of them and I'm like by the 10th gynecologist And I told my cardiologist and she said, oh, she's frustrated with you. I said, well, can you imagine how I feel? I said, I have the times of death call. I gave birth to my son. I'm a healthy woman and I can't find, I wanna walk into an office where they say, Lindsay, what you have experienced was so traumatic and I'm so sorry that you were untreated and uncared for, but that's not, that's gonna stop from here on out. I'm going to make sure that we do the proper procedures after you, a woman uh, survives a maternal mortality. You should not get pregnant again. We'll talk about maybe either you know putting you on some sort of medicine that will make you go through menopause sooner, or maybe we'll we won't do the full hysterectomy. Um, like you know, talk about options on what to do if I get pregnant again. I'm not the person that would have an abortion. I love children and everything, but. If, if I get pregnant again, they're putting me, gynecology, again, is putting my life at a threat by not advocating and caring for me for something like this. Because mm-hmm. if I get pregnant again, I would have to abort or what? I'm going to die? So again, my life is at a threat. There should be mandatory procedures, but I yet to still find one gynecologist. And so I I know that wow. with having the best and, you know, and having all the support And still not getting from A to B when I am a very good problem solver. I am very good at what I do. I am smart. I'm educated. I'm articulate. And I can't, I am fighting against something that is way bigger than me that I feel. If a gynecologist or an OBGYN ever heard of something like this, they would want to take action immediately, use me as an experiment and say, What happened? What were your symptoms? What do we do? How do we make this better for women and for our children's children going moving forward? Not you have to, you know, looking at me as like as a threat instead of look and not look at me as like a terrifying, you know, girl that has been through something so stand on her own two feet, cope, try to figure this out by helping others that were like me. And, and to realize that there is such a lack of support for women with postpartum depression, which is why I attended mom's Congress in May right after I was part of the postpartum depression movement in passing the bill through Congress. And this was in, um, I believe this was in uh, 2018, right after I had the defibrillator removal. The reason why I feel, you know, as a social worker and I was a triage specialist and, you know, I, I, my background, like you say, is like, you know, this is, I'm a humanitarian I, yeah. I've brought my roots back and I started this. nonprofit. I love that. So when did you start the nonprofit? I'd love to talk more about the PPCM fund and how we can direct people to help. After my surgery, my heart surgery on Valentine's day, 2018, I said, if I live, <laughs> if I make this through, I was terrified and I knew I was dying again. I said, I am going to make sure that I am going to step up and advocate for all women. And at least whoever is in my orbit or whoever listens will have awareness and they will pass that down onto their children. And even if I save, you know, one family, which I've already done, I mean, so many women since I've started this nonprofit, you know, like come to me and they feel comfortable coming to me and they talk to me and they, I can understand and I can meet them at the level of their, not just their heart care, but their, you know, what they're going through mentally. Um, you know, where do you start? How do you get, you know, long, long long-term disability? Like where, what happens your whole world is completely, the rug is pulled out from underneath you and now you have an infant And so 2018, when I lived through on February 14th, I lived through my heart surgery and they, and, and that, that procedure, I immediately, you know, I, I started the nonprofit, and I said, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to walk the walk. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to take a situation and I'm not going to feel sorry for myself and I'm not going to sit here and just like not do something i couldn't sleep at night knowing that a woman like me or even a girl a young girl who's 18 that we have kelsey on our website she's 18 years old she, she had a new heart at 20 you know to just feel like how i felt like nobody cared nobody listened nobody- Yeah
0: feels so hopeless if nobody's listening to you. And I think what you're doing is amazing to just, you know, like you said, one girl's voice and we'll we'll be a voice for you and just kind of get the awareness out there. And I believe that it can change over time. You have to focus on the wins that you are getting. And I'm so grateful that you're here and that you survived. It just it just seems like a God thing that he brought you back to, you know, help other women. So I'm so grateful that you're doing this. And
1: yeah, my message, my message, I feel like is so powerful beyond, you know, this, the, the preventions and suffering of humanity. And I'm grateful that I was the choos- chosen one to be able to, to come back and to say, you know, this is yeah. calling. And The fact that it's so common, but it's so uncommon for anyone to know about is scary. And um, I feel like when I post on these group sites, these support group sites, and I post everywhere, I just want to get the message out. So it's like, for me, I don't have any say. like I'm at the point where I'm humble for other women. I, I became humble for other women. I've, I've definitely eaten my own apple pie with experiencing this, but I want to educate people who have no awareness because the people who have awareness are the survivors. And a lot of them are terrified and they're fearful and they have all these feelings if they're going to live or die and they don't really want to speak up. They're not feeling well and they're sick. And so you know, I just feel like it's this is something that I will never walk away from. I'm part of the IPAC research lab. So I will always have new updated studies and why surrogants are, you know, they have a high death rate. It's not because it's the egg that's implanted. It's not it's not from the mom, it's not from the dad, it's the bait, it's the implant. And so there is a prevention for that. There's a lot of information on my website that Right now, I think is a little technical, um, a little confusing, but I think those technical terms, because they're life saving, and that they really need to be known, like the word cancer. I mean, I th- I feel like when somebody says, "Oh, I don't understand," you know, what this code, what this blood code means? Well, look it up. I mean, there are preventions for proclampsia, not cure. Perclemsia if they're treated like ppcm then they will have less suffering Whereas ppcm is completely preventable whereas proclemsia isn't so I just I feel like if this message came from you know, obviously somebody from the other side Really wants this out and I am coming out for the first time. It's been five years. I have done my due diligence I feel comfortable talking about it whereas before I didn't know what the heck happened like uh, how could it happen to a young girl and then to really understand that every day a girl has an unnecessary death I just I'll never stop Providing updated information and studies onto the website. I feel like I've just begun. Even though this happened to me five years ago, it took me a long time to cope and evolve. Since then, you know, I did lose my my beautiful, perfect mom. I feel like hmm. PPCM takes down the whole family. You know, she had walking pneumonia, and then, you know, she passed away. And my father and mom I'm were so married sorry. for over fifty five years, and he loved her. Since- he was thirteen. Yeah, thank you. I know this happened like one after another. She was by my bedside, and then February 2018, and then I was by her bedside September 2018, and she died. Um, she was totally fine. She just had walking pneumonia, and didn't know it. And so, you know, I- I've had a lot of between pregnancy induced heart failure in 2015, actually having my times of death called in 2016. Having the deadly defibrillator removed 18 months later in 2018, and then my mom passed away 2018, and then my dad passed away 2019, and then COVID happened, so everybody got sick, <laughs> and so like now it's you know I just bought a home in Calabasas and. I'm grateful, you know, that my my parents, my dad, he, he was so smart and he was in the market. He's the grandfather of our economy. He invented the foreign option exchange and they appointed him the grandfather of our economy on the London Bridge in 1987. And he accomplished what in two years, what most politicians couldn't accomplish in 14. He was a brilliant, brilliant man. And so with his support, um, I'm able to help others and he gave me the proper up. Uh, Bringing in education and background to take on this nonprofit, we do need, you know, more support, voice support. It's not just about the money, it's about Knowing the BNP test and knowing the awareness and the preventions, which is you know a magnesium drip, remove that fluid, get cure the infection. Know your numbers. Always be on top of it yearly. You know, and 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 even if you know you got a dog and a cat that you love, you know maybe know yeah. theirs as well. <laughs> you know, that. can't hurt. Well, and just.
0: You know, from like a a summary of what all you've been saying, like what I keep hearing is is ironically something that we've been learning ourselves. We just lost our mom as well. Like everything you've been through, like my heart just is like, oh my gosh, I can't imagine. Um, but I keep hearing the sermon that we just uh, heard last Sunday, and it just said that purpose puts pain in perspective. And you've been through a lot of pain and it sounds like you have a really big purpose. And I'm just grateful to be a part of getting the word out there and just know like you're on the right path and it will take time. But I think that all you can do is just keep trying. That's what we're we're here for. We're all learning and growing on this earth together. It's a it's a broken world. And I think that it's so interesting. Everything that you've been saying and why it's not as known as it is, I don't understand either, but I do know that I will talk about it. And I know a lot of moms in my life. So, you know, together we can hopefully just get more awareness out about it. And I just thank you for what you're doing. Is there any kind of last message that you would like to say? And then also please tell us where to find you and to find the
1: PPCM fund. Well, I... I guess to start, to plug, um, if you were to go to ppcmfund.com, that's the actual website. It does have drop-downs that will lead, you know, that could give you more information. Um, Obviously, this is very personalized, so when you go to our team and you, you know, you find me under there, I have all the articles so far of the news press and things and um things that will be coming up like good morning britain and and that will be uploaded that i would love people to just keep an eye out and just know that the ipac research lab supports women and you know we are new in the stages which is unfortunate because it's 2020 for <laughs> 2021 <laughs> and you know, and and we should be way further along with even just having the awareness, let alone it being mandatory and standard. Do sell masks. Uh, People, if they believe in wearing masks, I know some people don't, but I always say wearing awareness saves lives. I have blessing candles. My family, we are, I'm Jewish. Uh My family has, you know, we're Holocaust survivors and you know my mom always had uh, blessing candles and yurtsite candles as as love as that. a memory and whenever anybody would suffer or feel sad or you know just needed a prayer or a blessing we'd always you know write their name on the on the on the Yortzai candle and we we do that for um you know your loved ones that are still with us the, the veil is way thinner than we all believe experiencing what i have i I have to say, you know, it's almost as if, you know, energy never dies and our souls are energy. And so we all, you know, connect and it's just like the new chapter of life. I mean, honestly, it, it gave me a whole new perspective and comfort knowing that when my parents have passed away after that, you know, they show me signs all the time, the one, one, ones. I mean, I know which one's my mom and I know which one's my dad. And it's very interesting how heightened and sensitive that, you know, if you are really, you know, if you connect and and if you have a dream that's like absolutely vivid as if it's like there, that's truly them. And it's, um, it's amazing how, you know, it's almost as like there are stars that we you know, just because we don't always see the s- stars, doesn't mean that they don't exist, and they very much do because their energy is always there, and um you can feel it.
0: Yeah, I love that you say that because I, <laughs> since my mom passed, I've told people that, and they're like, "Well, how do you know?" And I'm like, "I just know. Like she's with me. It's a crazy. You don't understand it until you experience it. And but, the
1: more and the yeah, more I- relaxed you are with that, and the more you feel." comfortable with that, she will definitely come through and, and in a ways that you would never even imagine. I mean, I have endless ex- experience and think all the signs that we receive and things that we know that we know we're, were not delusional or anything like that. It, and yeah. the timing is impeccable. It's like, I always say, it's like my mom's way of remaining unanimous, you know, um, <laughs> because it's just you know, you, you, it is what it is. Yeah. I love that. So I, I, all the, all the feelings and the messages and, and what you feel and are, are so real. And it's almost as if like if yeah. people are skeptical and they don't believe, well, guess what? One day it will happen to them. So if they don't believe it now, you know, they'll just experience it later.
0: Yeah, that's what I always say. I'm like, everybody's on their own journey. They'll learn their things when they need to learn them. But sometimes you wish you could teach people sooner. But I'm grateful in a weird way for all... Even though I have all the pain, I'm grateful for the connection that I do feel. And I hope it, you know, never goes away because it's definitely changed my life, losing my mom. So I can only imagine the, you know, the impact. I can feel it from you, from what you've been through. So what is the website? I I don't want to get it wrong. It's ppcmfun.com. Is that right? Yes, that is correct. Okay.
1: Is that the best place to kind of go? I just uploaded on YouTube. I sent you the link. Uh, testimonial okay, cool. videos and videos. The most recent one is Joanna's story and Kelsey and um, Instagram, okay. Facebook, we're PPCM uh, support group on Facebook as well as- um, Oh, cool. I have a support group site as well as a page and I will I will be dedicated to this for the rest of my life. And I will make sure that the information that needs to be provided to women- will be provided at least on, on my end. And I hope that the medical community steps up and I hope that yeah. the big associations, <laughs> so. big associations, mm-hmm. you know, we're calling them out right now. They've known this for decades. Like I knew they would lose yeah. trillions of dollars, but millions of lives will be saved. So, you know, I, I feel like this, there needs to be some, some real support. Yes.
0: Well, I'll be praying for some big support as well. Well, I'm going to close us out in prayer, if that's okay with you, and then we will head out. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Lindsay into our lives, and thank you for her message. Thank you for saving her to come back to us so that she can spread the awareness and spread the love and show people that this is a simple thing that we can prevent. And so we just need more people to know about it. So we ask for your help because we know you're, anything you do is in perfect harmony. And so we just ask you that you help all of us spread the word and save more lives on something that's so preventative. And we just thank you for loving us. And we thank you for Everything that you give us in our life. And we just know that our purpose does surpass our pain, even when it doesn't feel like it some days. And we just ask that we follow your purpose and your will for us. In Jesus' name I pray.
1: Amen. Amen. For strength and peace.
0: Yes. Well, thank you again, Lindsay. I can't wait to share this with our listeners. And listeners, we hope you have a great week. Bye. Thank you. Bye bye. Thank you all for listening to another week of Girl, I Slept In My Makeup podcast. If you love us, rate, review, and subscribe. That would be amazing. Also, check out our Instagram at Girl, I Slept In My Makeup to keep up with us. We also have a Facebook same thing girl I slept in my makeup where you can check out our private Facebook group to join our community and if you have any listener questions please email them to slept in my makeup podcast at gmail.com exciting news we do have a website coming soon so stay tuned everybody have a great week